What's up, everybody? Just wanted to mention a couple of things before we get started here. Uh, one, Robert Ortegon had to leave halfway through the recording session, so if you notice his absence, that would be why. Uh, second, there's no movie clips in this episode due to technical difficulties, so if the episode sounds a little bare bones, that's why it is, so bear with us on that. And third and finally... We have a 420 episode coming. That's right. We will be focusing on How High, the movie featuring Method Man and Red Man as the lead actors. And this one's going to be a lot of fun, folks. It's really one of my favorite movies. And we'll get into it a little bit near the end of this episode. But until then, enjoy the show. Collateral Cinema, coming at you. I'm Bo Maddox with Robert Ortegon and Frankie Avila. This is Collateral Cinema. What makes you think you can bullshit your way into my head? Like every other pencil in piece of shit. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so smoke it if you got it, my friends. Smoke it if you've got it. Now, folks, the movie we're focusing on this episode is one that leaves me a bit ambivalent, I guess. I mean, on the one hand, it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's definitely a technical marvel, but on the other hand, it just leaves me feeling a little bored by the end. And for an action movie, that should not happen. I mean, seriously, especially something that is supposed to be so adrenaline-fueled that it just kind of not supposed to knock you out. You know, and of course, the movie that I'm talking about is 2015's Russian American production, directed by Ilya Nyshuler, Hardcore Henry. And first of all, this movie has a very interesting perspective to it. It's got, it's kind of modeled after a first-person shooter, not unlike Call of Duty or Medal of Honor or Battlefield or whatever. And and that part of it is compelling to say the least. I mean, it's definitely a different way to present a movie like this. I mean, usually you have your your protagonist, you meet him, you develop the character a little bit, and then you throw him into a situation where he has to fight his way out, you know, like Die Hard, or even something like, or a buddy movie, even like the Lethal Weapon series, but this one, it doesn't have that. We're 
pretty much put into the role of Henry himself. And while it's definitely innovative, and at least a good 45 minutes in, it's definitely entertaining, and there's definitely a little bit of humor thrown in there, it just runs out of steam for me personally. I mean, this was this was picked by our fellow host, Frankie Avila, and, and, and I have to tell you, Frankie, I mean, he's, he's not here with me right now, but it's, it's a good movie, but it's not a good movie. It's like, like I said, it left me very, very, very in between. And I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like if there would have been just a little more character development on Henry's part, it probably would have really worked. But that's just not what we get here. I mean, we're pretty much just thrust right into this character's role. I mean, it, it opens with him waking up. Well, I mean, honestly, it starts with a flashback to him and his father, which is a memory that supposedly is something that's suppressed within his brain. And we're, we're given a character that's supposedly a super soldier of some type. Like, supposedly his wife pretty much rebuilt him and revived him after he suffered a very, very serious and traumatic experience, which we don't see, first off. And it leads to something that's very sci-fi and also doesn't get a whole lot of explanation. And that is, of course, the main villain of the movie, Akan. And he inexplicably just has this telekinetic ability that, I, I don't know, I guess it's cool and it kind of lends almost a little bit of a video game slash even anime vibe to it, or even a comic book vibe, but it's just not something that really, really makes a whole lot of sense within this movie. I mean, it's about a super soldier. A super soldier that is just constantly being thrown into situations where he has to fight his way out over and over and over again. But how, how the telekinesis comes into play, it, it just it fails to... I, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like, like I said, ambivalent. Ambivalent. That is definitely the key word here. I mean... There's a lot of really, really cool set pieces here, like I said earlier. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of movement. There's a lot of good characterization involved in each of these set pieces. I mean, and, and it actually does kind of attempt to explain certain, or should I say deconstruct certain tropes regarding first-person shooters and everything. And that is kind of noteworthy, but honestly, unless you're a gamer yourself... It, it kind of rings a little hollow, and I'm personally somebody who plays a little bit of video games here and there, but I don't really own a modern console. I don't really play stuff like Call of Duty and whatnot. The, the last first-person shooter I played was Bioshock Infinite. That, that's more of a story-driven kind of sci-fi horror uh, story, but... This right here definitely takes all the tropes and conventions and trappings of games like Call of Duty or Battlefield, and it really just kind of shows how that would play out in real life. So that's kind of interesting, but I still kind of feel like that's not something that you make an entire movie out of. It, it, it's something that, you know, it... It sounds good on proverbial paper, but it just falls flat after a good little while. 
I mean, and there were certain scenes that made me laugh a lot. I mean, the humor is definitely the one of the high points here, along with the actual technical aspect, but it just doesn't feel like anything that is cohesive or or it's only semi-compelling. And I mean, I guess you could say, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, supposedly it had uh, several stuntmen working in the role of Henry, which was which is something that's noteworthy and it's interesting. But the reason they had to go through so many people is because the apparatus that they used to film this first person angle kept on hurting some of the stuntmen. Like it actually started to hurt the neck of the first guy that did this and it actually almost seriously hurt the second stuntman, but I mean, and, but most of those guys still did a great job. But once again, it's just that presentation that's just constantly hitting you over the head with it. That honestly, it makes sense in a first-person shooter where you're controlling the character, but in an actual film with a narrative and with something that's supposed to have a plot structure to it, I mean, it just falls flat. You know, and I'm not saying that there isn't such a thing as plot structure in first person shooters. It's just it it just doesn't translate well is what I'm trying to say. And I mean, there's a lot that, like I said, is explained about first person shooters, but there's also a lot that's lost in translation. And in a way, I mean, that's kind of typical of any movies that are even tangentially connected to video games. You know, I mean, it's kind of par for the course, but I. I don't know. It just leaves me with this feeling deep inside like it was entertaining for a little bit, but afterwards there just wasn't a whole lot of payoff. You know, it, 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 it's like watching softcore pornography, essentially. You know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of titillating, but ultimately there's very little in the way of payoff, and it's really a very fleeting experience. And, and that's kind of what I felt here. It's a fleeting experience of a movie. I mean, it, most all of it just kind of goes over your head entirely, you know? But, I mean, still, there's a lot to unpack, though. You know, there's a lot to unpack. And we are going to try our best to analyze this movie, to pick apart its technical aspects. Its characterization, which was admittedly really, really good. I mean, I like the character of Jimmy. He, he's fantastic. I mean, uh, Charlton Copley, I think that's the actor's name. He was from District 9. And he played multiple characters here, and that was very noteworthy. And that was some superlative acting there, but... It still feels one of those things that, like I said, was lost in translation because of the whole first person angle, you know, the whole FPS angle to it. It just kind of felt very forced, you know, I mean, that, that's that's another thing. A lot of this action is very forced and it's because they're trying to explain all these different and deconstruct all these different uh, tropes involved in such games, you know, that ultimately it just kind of loses sight of uh, certain other smaller issues like that. And ultimately, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's something that's worth watching. It's something that's worth experiencing. Like, I I'm sure this must have been amazing on the big screen. I mean, I, I watched it on YouTube on my little computer. I mean, it's I don't have a small screen, but I have one that's big enough to to get a good glimpse of everything and i mean yeah it, it, i mean it was a fun 
experience, but just for that moment. That's it. I mean, there's very little to really, there's really little much to say other than the other things that I said we're going to unpack in the uh, discussion part of this. But I guess that I'll conclude this intro by saying that, you know, sometimes when you have an idea for a movie, and even if you really, really make it work, it doesn't mean that your movie is going to really work on other levels. I mean, there's a lot that was sacrificed here, and like I said, lost in translation, when it came to how this movie was directed and how it was written. I mean, the screenplay is pretty decent, though. I mean, you, you're going to have to have a pretty solid screenplay for something of this caliber, but, but ultimately... It's something that just becomes bland after a while. It becomes very bland. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because that's very much some of the uh, complaints that I have about first-person shooters in general. I mean, like I said, I don't play a whole lot of those types of games. So may maybe there's just some things that I'm not getting here. And if uh, you folks, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all have anything to add to that, if you want to try to change my mind or something like that, or, you know, kind of, you know, show me other angles of this movie that might actually elevate it in my eyes, I mean, by all means, go, go ahead. I mean, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go ahead and tell me. But I don't know. There's just nothing here that makes me want to go back and watch the movie again. Like, I mean, I've had an, at least a f four or five days to really kind of let this movie sink in. And ultimately, it just leaves me with the same kind of feeling. So in conclusion, you should definitely watch this movie, everybody. I mean, we're going to go ahead and get into a plot summary or synopsis, depending on what we find online or what we decide to write. But ultimately, check it out. And, and definitely listen to our discussion because we are going to break this movie down a little further. But yeah, just just take this movie with a grain of salt, folks. Like a huge, massive grain of salt. I'm talking like those salt pellets that people use to soften their water. Like take it with one of those and maybe you'll have a good time. But me personally, I'm just kind of eh. Like... I'm very much on the fence here, folks. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Frankie will have some things to say about that when when he hears this intro. But I think that it's fine. It, it's fine. So without belaboring this any further, we're gonna go ahead and go into the synopsis for Hardcore Henry. And yes, there might be some spoiler alerts ahead, depending on what we find. So yeah. Stick around, folks. Hardcore Henry. A man wakes up in a Moscow laboratory to learn that he's been brought back from the dead as a half-human, half-robotic hybrid. With no memory of his former life, a woman who claims to be his wife tells him that his name is Henry. Before she can activate his voice, armed thugs storm in and kidnap her. As Henry starts to understand his new abilities, he embarks on a bloody rampage through the city to save his spouse from a psychopath who plans to destroy the world. All right, we are back. I am here with uh, Robert Ortegon, Frankie Avila, and we have another special guest with us in the studio. Uh, what is your name? Felicia. Felicia. And we are talking about the 2015 Russian-American first-person action movie, Hardcore Henry. 
This was picked by Frankie Avila. He's over here on the Wikipedia, taking a look at the Wikipedia page. What's up, Frankie? Oh, nothing much. Uh, we're just uh, about to talk about some Hardcore Henry. Oh, yeah. And uh, see what y'all thought about it and try to just get behind the scenes a little bit. Oh, definitely. And this movie, like, I mean, I didn't give it a really great assessment in the intro. I mean, we listened to it a little bit. But I'm open to discuss this movie, and who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind by the end of this episode. I mean, honestly. I mean, I just might. I mean, Frankie, you just might convince me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robert, what are your initial thoughts on this film? Um, I thought it was great for uh, 2015. I mean, I wanted to see the movie... You know, when the trailer came out, but, you know, I didn't, that didn't get to happen. So Yeah. Well, the reason yeah. why that didn't get to happen is probably because it was only in the theaters for, like, two weeks, and then they ended up pulling it out. Because there was yeah. a lot of bad critics, like Rotten.com and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, apparently it had a almost 100% uh, rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes for a little while, but when the movie actually dropped, it went all the way down to what? 51%. The reason being, so, it was so gory. It's just like such a badass, hardcore, first-person gun in your face, or you have a gun in somebody's face and their brains are exploding right in front of you. Like, yeah. It wasn't for like a lot of audiences. You know, oh, it, it was just hardcore not. badass. Hardcore. I will give yeah, this just... movie something. It has a lot of really memorable sequences to it, and the first-person aspect is definitely novel. But, um, Frankie, what was the initial production of this film like? From what you can see or from what you know, like what, like right, how well, did they really get into this movie? Well, uh, it started out with the. Uh, one of the directors, I'm bad with names. It's but Ilya, Ilya, Ilya Nyshiller. There believe. you go. And yeah. uh, he was making music videos. Yes. First person. And then he ended up getting in touch with this other guy, that uh, the other director. Uh-huh. Fucking hardcore. And Timur Bimurokoprokov. So anyways, uh, how do you even say that? I oh, say let me see. Timur Bekmambetov. All right, there you go. Yeah. So anyways, so these guys collaborated and they're like, yeah, we need to make a first-person movie because it hadn't been done. And they're both video game fans. And yeah, little, so... They're all GoPro, like, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this yeah. is made with GoPro 3s, right? Yeah, it was uh, production. Like, it was solo. It was just like indie film, how we love all that stuff. Oh, certainly. So they collaborated. Yeah. They had $2 million. And the reason why is because they had so many fan base and stuff and people that were pretty much investing into them. Yeah, they keep watching their videos and didn't keeping this, them going. Didn't this movie actually have a, a Kickstarter or something behind it that initially uh, got the initial funds for the production or something like that? Uh, it was just pretty much like they already had money. I oh, I, yeah, okay, right on, right well, on. Well, right and I, yeah, I guess there would be a kick funder, and then, yeah. like I said, there, it was just a whole bunch of fans that just kept funding into them. Yeah, um, yeah. It to it does totally show how a, crowd there was a lot of fan investors. That's yeah. what there was. It, it totally shows how uh, crowdsourcing can really get movies off of the ground. I mean, like the uh, the indie film that we reviewed recently, Margum. I mean, they Margum. they got a lot of their funding from, uh, I believe, from some Kickstarters. I mean, I might be wrong. Of course. I mean, I need to check into these things. Yeah, of course. For sure. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, 
And once again, Collateral Cinema, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> kind of slacking here. I think that uh, that's going to become kind of a trademark of ours some, <laughs> somewhere along the line. But what was the response to this movie on the festival circuit? Well, that's how they actually started. Is it was like a festival and um, it was really high. They made a lot of awards and that's whenever they were yeah. going to exploit it to like the world in the United States and everything and I don't know that's where they went off of yeah I mean did, didn't it, just, it uh, preview at Cannes didn't it come out at uh, the Cannes Film Festival you're killing me small <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia I can't I can't scroll fast enough bro <laughs> <laughs> oh man I think we need to hire an actual fact checker to just sit in the background and check this shit seriously out. <laughs> had it all in mind before uh, uh -uh. well anyway yeah, apparently on the festival circuit, uh, this was a little bit of a darling, like, more or less. I mean, it got a pretty good reception from then, and from that circuit uh, appeal, it kind of got its buzz that uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, like I said earlier, it got up to about 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty high base. And that is. And then why they just start yeah. turning it down and everybody... It, it's, it's because of the way that... Um, that the critics' yeah. reviews actually influences the scores on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, the the critics' reception was fifty one percent after the film was released, but then it the uh, audience was like fifty percent. It was very much almost split down the middle between the audiences and the critics. I mean, that that just that just really shows an interesting little divide there. But I mean, movie going audiences. I mean, I guess they really liked this more or less. You know, I mean. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you killed it. It was a. Uh 2015 Toronto International Film Festival. Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah. There we are. It wasn't really Canada. It was Toronto. That, that's still a good film Toronto, festival, though. That, that's Canada, right? Yeah, yeah in yeah. Canada. Yeah, mm. exactly. Wow. Yeah, it, it's known as hardcore in certain countries, I believe. Yeah, it's a, in Russian, that's what it is, is hardcore. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they uh, changed the name to Hardcore Henry. Yeah, that's, inter that's an English. interesting name for the protagonist, I think. Henry. Like, I mean, what do you think is... Like you, like he just gave a robot a name or something? Yeah, Henry. right, right. Almost like Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Henry. How you doing, Henry? I am Chappie. <laughs> oh, that's a movie that we probably need to get into sometime soon. Because Diane's word. <laughs> but anyway... The cinematography of this movie was interesting given the first-person aspect of it. I mean, it, this was used... They, they used GoPro, yeah, GoPro 3s, I believe. I mean, ultimately, I think that the first-person's perspective, I mean, it gives it a good little angle, at least for the first 45 minutes of the film, in my opinion. After that, it starts to kind of get a little grating, and you kind of want to maybe see Henry as an actual character, but other than that, it really is a technical marvel, what they did here, especially for spending less than $2 million. Yeah, you know, that's where I'm going to shoot at, is because I've seen a lot of the behind-the-scenes and yeah, everything. Yeah. So knowing they like all the CGI that they had, all the VX that, you know... Dude, it was sick. Like you don't. They he had him shooting through the van with a Gatling gun and splitting through vans. Uh huh. Yeah. For yeah. A oh, low yeah. budget of two million dollars, oh, right? Oh. That was and, pretty impressive. And then honestly. pretty much all the stunt devils, everybody that was collaborated, that was a part of this movie, they were so hardcore. That's why I think 
The oh, name yeah. Hardcore Henry suited. And honestly, I mean, the like, sound design was really, really spot on as well. I mean, every every single movement had a audio reaction to it, pretty much. That and, made sense. And some of the songs that actually uh, innovated this movie, where they got this first person idea from those music videos oh, yeah. were in this movie. Yeah, we're going to get into the actual uh, artists that are on the soundtrack here in a little bit. I mean, because it is a very compelling soundtrack. I will give it that. Yeah, it, yeah. I love it all the way from beginning to end because there is not very much talking because he's first person and he doesn't have a sound box. So, yeah, yeah. And you're going through his eyes and he can't talk so you're only seeing other people just bullshitting with him. And there seemed to be a lot of real practical special effects in this movie as well. Me, as, as, as well as CGI effects, you know. Oh, there is plenty of them. Shit. Yeah. And stuff that you wouldn't even think was CGI because I was watching it and I would be close, close. No, yeah, it's real, yeah, it's yeah. real. And then sure enough, no, they had a good CGI part in there. It's because of all the movement that was always on screen, you know? I mean, yeah, it got grating after a while, but the good thing is, is that it did kind of hide the uh, any kind of bad quality on the CGI. You know? Oh, yeah. I didn't see none because there was always yeah. a stunt devil that was in that CGI. Yeah. So it was like, ha it was real, like, if the van was flipping, it was actually flipping. Yeah. And then they would yeah. just throw some actual crazy flames and... Yeah. And Robert, I mean, what do you think about some of the practical effects in this movie? Like, I'll, start, I'll, I'll just skip more like past video it. games, right? Like, it's up. very, very much like video games. Like, there's a lot of gore from a first-person perspective that was pretty, pretty well done. I think that, that's the first time that's ever yeah. been done like that, right? I mean, it in starts ways, out. Yeah. He, he has a love, like, you know. Or yeah, I mean, spoilers, in, initially. You know what I love in GoPro? I love the Need for Speed movie. Yeah, that that was actually a good they, use of GoPro. You know, they attached they attached all the cameras to the car, man. That was all badass. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even to the driver, like the stunt driver, like right on his head. Yeah, that really uh, added an interesting perspective to those chase scenes in that movie. It really did. And yeah, I mean the stunt work. I mean, there was how many different uh, act, uh, stunt actors that uh, played the part of Henry really? here? Thirteen, I believe. Thirteen of them. Parkour. There was thirteen different. Yeah, all of them. Director like, being one of them. Yeah, yeah, the director was one of them, and there's just some incredible like parkour work in this. Like we're we're watching the scene where he was scaling up the side of the building, and he uh, goes into the uh, stoner's uh, room, and he, he uh, actually uh, passes him a blunt, <laughs> offers him. <laughs> Is that you want to hit this? It's like damn, I, I wasn't even aware that there was any kind of stoner culture in uh, Russia like that. Like, uh, it's probably. Uh, integrated from us. Yeah, it's it's probably very <laughs> Western in its yeah. uh, in its construct. But yeah, I mean the stunt work. I mean, they said that stunt devils were very much cowboy. Oh, very cowboy. That's yeah, definitely. Saying. And some of them got injured because of the apparatus that uh, mounted the GoPros and everything, right? Like yeah, very much so. Uh, chip tooth uh, stitches. Um, course a lot of bruises and whatnot yeah, because yeah. I mean these guys were doing amazing things and what it was is was every single guy was a pro at what they did like you okay. see a scene of uh, you know riding a horse the guy was a pro at riding a horse so yeah if yeah. you see somebody falling from the sky 
they were a pro at doing that. Like every single guy had their job. Yeah, they had a specific expertise in the, what they were filming and everything. Exactly what they were doing for on the that screen. scene, and that's yeah. what it is. If you really watch the movie and you watch it a couple times, it's more like chapters. It's like a chapter scene, scene, scene. That's why you're like, man. And then you really get in watching the scene, you're like, this scene is awesome for this purpose and this reason. It's like a video game, right, dude? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Like, I mean, and the FBS is just the best. I mean, you can't beat it. Just look at this. You get headshots all day long. I mean, yeah, it's, it's... That's badass. And, you know, oh, he's the best. And also the gore at the end scene, you know, with the fight with all the uh, cyber soldiers and with the con. Oh, yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that was really, When really you really crazy. learn what's going on, that's where it's at. That's what I'm saying. You, uh, you're right. Maybe in the middle, you're kind of a little lost. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, start, it does start to drag a bit. But at the it end, really it just, does. like... And then it blows your mind, and you're like... I, I found myself kind of going in and out in the whole final fight scene with all the mooks, all the cyber soldier dudes. Like, yeah. I, I was kind of going in and out paying attention to that. But I did see a lot of the gore effects, like the dude getting thrown into the fan. Like, I mean, that was pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Right. Now, Robert, what do you think about the uh, apparatus that was used to film this movie? The the GoPro? Yeah, the, the, the face, yeah, the face uh, mounted. Oh, I never thing. got to see the behind the scenes, really. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I saw it. It kind of looked almost like a welder's mask, but with a frame around it or something like that. I mean, it was very but, interesting, um, actually. They said it was actually very, very supportive to their necks, their yeah. heads. That There was one shot oh, yeah. that there's a guy, he's on flames, and he's jumping through a window... Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. He, he goes through a window and it, it doesn't affect him or anything. So. Yeah, 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 it yeah. It was very abrasive to their bodies. So. It was well made, but there was some accidents. I mean, when you get crazy and you're doing stunt stuff, <laughs> when you're watching this video... Especially when everything just yeah. seems like one long shot of violence and mayhem, you know? It, it, that's all it is. It's constant. It never stops. Yeah. It's a run-through. That's what I love about it. It's an adventure. It's awesome. like you're the first person. Parkour. That's the G4 stuff. Right? Hell yeah. yeah. These guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, these are total professionals. I think right here, do, this is supposed to be like 16, 17 story drop right here. Oh my God. And he does Jeez. drop, really, he does drop down in here into a trash can. See that trash can down there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See how fast he's going? Jeez, no way. Yes. Are you great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an awesome scene. The, every scene, if you're. That's why you have to critique everyone. And also, I really, really like how Moscow is kind of its own character in a way, you know. Oh, wow, really? Like it, it's kind of, that's kind of what it's like. It's its own character, like throughout the series. Like even, uh, even many of the supposed bystanders, you know, they were. Uh, it is. Um, they, they, they were like helping out and everything. They yeah, were trying to help Henry out. Yeah, Russia it definitely is its own thing. It's crazy. For it being like an American English-speaking movie, but they're in Russia. Is yeah. that what you mean by? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they. they it, it seems like uh, everybody in Russia just kind of, uh, in, or in Moscow, they just really make this movie something a little different. They do. Know? I mean, they they do. They they are kind of the best part of the movie. Yeah, that like I said, a big fan base. Now speaking of characters, there's really only like four main characters in this movie, right? Like, there's yeah. Estelle, Akan, Henry, and Jimmy. And I guess that there's some other ancillary characters like Mr. Yeah. Fahrenheit and uh, Slick Dimitri and everything. But there's, I mean, this is really those four characters. That's the Pretty whole much. story. 
is set around. But, I mean, what can we really say about uh, the main protagonist so far from this movie? Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> we, we, we absolutely I, I get can't. no idea how he gets at into this, this point, predicament. Yeah, at this point, you really don't even know what's happening. Yeah. We're, we're very much kept in the dark, you know, much in the same way as Henry is. And it's mm -hmm. the best way to kind of, uh, you know, experience that, especially in the first person angle. Especially when you can throw a bottle at somebody yeah. back of the head like this. Yeah, right? Like, really perfectly. Think. I mean, this all looks like one long shot and everything, and every character just kind of plays their part like, beautifully, really. Yeah. I mean, like, Jimmy's character is hilarious, I think. Like, he, he's my favorite yeah, Jimmy's in this entire nice. movie. I mean, whenever he's snorting coke off of certain parts of bodies. <laughs> yeah. Head gets blown off. <laughs> yeah, the, the head just got blown off. We got the movie going on simultaneously while we're recording this, and that was pretty rowdy, yes. gotta say. Yeah, and, I mean, Estelle herself, I mean, at first you think that she's your wife, that she's Henry's wife, you know, at first. And, you know, it does seem like she's trying to help him uh, actually escape and live through this entire ordeal, but anyway, yeah, Estelle herself, yeah, she's uh, starts off as the wife and she uh, ends up in a different role, let's say. Akan has a very... The, the main villain has a very, very interesting uh, ability. He's, he's like telekinetic in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, how do you, how, how do you think that, uh, that, back, that could play into his backstory or whatever? Because they're never really... Uh, it's never really given why he has these abilities. Just like Darth Vader somebody make their head explode. Yeah. Like, I think there was some speculation online that... Uh, that he may have gotten the, some type of military augmentation, you know, I mean, because yeah, he is part of a cyber soldier program, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, they kind of hit it in the beginning. Yeah? Yeah, they do, because they're, like, trying to make forces and stuff, and they're uh, looking for power sources, obviously, and... Um, yeah. So, yes, that is one of those things that he would have top ability access to. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and also, uh, you know, Henry, going back to Henry himself, I mean, we only see a glimpse of him, actually, his actual face in the entire movie. You know, like, that one little glimpse in the mirror when he looks like he's beaten before he has the, uh, you know, before he goes into the final battle, you know. But... I still can't really feel that much of a connection to him, though. You know, even though it's supposed to be intimate and we're supposed to have this first-person uh, view of his experience, like, I, f I still found it very difficult to really visualize Henry as anything more than just a superficial construct, kind of. Pretty much, I think he's all for him. Jimmy has pretty much been using him since he was born. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, because he uh, had some other... Th uh, it's hard to pronounce. Well, what, what, what it is is that Henry as a character, he's, he has that. no actual control over his actual fate in this entire movie. Right. Everything that's happening to him, whether it's influenced by a con or it's influenced by Jimmy, it's all influenced by someone else. He ha he doesn't make a final ch a choice for himself until so the end confused. of the movie. Yeah. It's a classic Pinocchio, bro. Yeah, yeah pretty so, much. Yeah. It's like a Pinocchio like a story. So what, was that, what was that other one? 
With Haley Joe Osmond, where he was a robot. Oh, yeah, I, 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 artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah, AI. Yeah, AI. Yeah, yeah that 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 kind of has a similar similar theme. To There's it. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost. You know, oh, yeah, it's, you it's wake up. Oh yeah, we, we are watching the brothel scene now, and there are lots of boobies, lots and lots of boobies, guys. Boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> That's. Uh, I mean, you we can't to do a lot of editing on this one. <laughs> Oh, come on now. We have an explicit tag on our podcast. People know what they're getting into. <laughs> People know what they're... I think we all know what we're getting into with Collateral Cinema. You know? So, fuck it, I guess. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. But how do you think the directing of this movie really influenced the performances of the actors? Actually, intensely. I think they had a big influence on all the actors. that they. Yeah. They pretty much had their mindset of what they wanted. That's exactly why every time Henry is a different person for a different scene is because they knew that they wanted that actor to have that exact proneness for that uh, shot and that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already yeah, for sure. for, firsthand, so that they're going in there and they're not gonna have to take 30 different shots because yeah. they only had like, such a low budget. Like, for instance, right now we're watching the action sequence at the brothel, and this is obviously a stuntman that has quite a bit of experience with guns and fighting. He's and more sliding. And sliding and stuff. Like, he's he's done that type of stunt work more than anything. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure that in the stunt community they have spe- very specified roles for very specified stunts, you yeah. know? like. And that's another thing. Well, they were in Russia. It's not like they're in such a protected spot where... Like they had to protect their stunt guys and harnesses and all this. Oh that yeah, yeah, much, that's true, man. They just did shots like this, and I'm sure a lot of even the back scene yeah, a, stunt a lot, guys got hurt. A lot, a lot of, a lot of those uh, parkour scenes actually look like they don't have a harness on. Oh, they don't. They like, don't. They literally don't. Like even on top of when they're on top of bridges or anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, they really don't. Uh, and that's why it's so awesome, and they were able to make shoot the movie so quick. I forget. I think it took them three years, though. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, given the uh, technical aspects of this movie, I mean, it looks yeah. like it would take a good three or four years to really get down the way that you need it. Yeah, I think you know? it was three years that it took them, and um, they're just a little disappointed on that one. It could have took a shorter period of time, but yeah, still for the they spend the two million. And the reason why is because they had to set up these days for all these shots. That's yeah, why it's yeah, yeah. that's kind of almost why it's like chapters. It's like it jumps into one shot, one shot, one shot. It's because you know and they yet, had to set up for this for a long time for this. And yet, it still very much feels like one long shot, more or less. Oh know? yeah, oh it's yeah. a continuous. It's like it's very continuous. You yeah, know? yeah, especially like if you're a video game guy and you always wanted to beat the chapter so you can get a cut scene it's a cut scene all the way through it's it pretty much is it's like a cut scene and then actual gameplay scenes that's kind of what it feels like yeah yeah right. actually right when i get the yeah. fps going on and the constant movement involved in this movie i mean that it must have had some real effect on acting uh on, on the acting of the film as well, you know? I mean, there's always movement in this movie. Constant. Yeah, there's no actual rest unless unless Henry is actually in a resting position. Yeah, like know? he got but, knocked out or something yeah. and dazed out. Or, or he something. yeah, or he's uh, pinned down or something, you know? 
But I mean, that definitely uh, brought out uh, certain aspects of the performances that uh, otherwise in any more conventional action movies probably would not have translated well. Oh yeah, th this scene right here where the where the stoner Jimmy is, uh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, interrogating uh, this uh, hooded guy. That's actually the director right there. That's uh, Ilya Nashuler. Yeah, yeah, that, that's him right there. Funny scene, by the way. I, I really like this scene. And man, what a lot of great scenes there are in this film. I mean, oh, even though, funny. even though, it like I said, better. it does drag down a little bit. There's still a lot of stuff that's memorable here. Yeah, like, that's where I'm coming from. Is uh, yeah. I'm more of the bet or learning photography or yeah. anything like that. And these guys are super pros, and they didn't have nothing but GoPros. Yeah, and yeah. it just shows you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's like the cinematography is such great quality that I mean, I mean, you can tell it's GoPros, but you kind of can't as well, you know. Yeah, you gotta delete all that shit. Yeah, all of it, all of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you do, really. Yeah, but the opening sequence itself, like th that, I mean, it pretty much just sets the movie in motion rather well. It really does, you know. I mean, you you meet uh, Estelle, you see that she's allegedly Henry's wife, and and then you see the you all you're also uh, introduced to Akon and everything. I mean, it pretty much it sets it up pretty uh, pretty well, like in a nice little package, you know. Like you could just unpack it and everything's in place. Like, what do you think? I don't know. I'm just hardcore fucking action fan and yeah this, of course of course this movie just brings it to it yeah like <laughs> that like that brothel scene that we just saw a few yeah, minutes oh yeah. ago like I just mean, right here is the hardest that van actually really flipped over yeah like, yeah it, everything is has a lot of cgi but there's a lot to it too oh yeah there's a lot here that's practical like i said earlier like this whole thing where they go through that truck that's and real. they have the gatling gun that's all real he's really dude, getting dragged this dude's getting dragged on the side of the sidecar of the motorcycle like yeah i mean this is a marvel of stunt work and choreography and everything man he's not there i mean this beats the living hell right. out of the, he's out not of, there yeah in real life oh that that was uh, added in there by cgi yeah. i got gotcha. you I got you, man. That's cool. And, and this highway chase scene, I mean, I just love how well it seamlessly flows together, you know? All of it does. I don't know where... Yeah. Where, where you and, and, and some, in some ways, it almost kind of feels like one of those rail shooter games, you know, where you had a light gun and you were shooting all the... Uh, shooting all the bad guys on the screen. It, it kind of like has that crisis. Yeah, like Time Crisis or Area 51 or something like that. Like, like a... Roller coaster FPS. Yeah, something, something like that. I mean, oh yeah, that's an awesome scene right there. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> then, there, then there's that whole. Those are CGI. Then there's that whole scene. Yeah, I can tell that CGI For a watch. little bit, but I mean, no, it is. Yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that whole dance scene that Jimmy does doesn't doesn't the movie kind of grind to a halt there a little bit? I mean, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's singing "Under My Skin" by Sinatra, and he's the one that created the company. Yeah, 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 but he's—he's—I'm I'm saying that so scene in general. So he's trying to like kill the company. No, I'm—I'm yeah. I'm, I'm talking about that scene in general where he's dancing and everything. And he's going into all of his, uh, his uh, avatar dudes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, back and forth, back and forth. That—that that scene just—I was just like, what? It what it, the fuck was this? 
I mean, it, when it's, he's it's, exposing himself and just pretty much telling him like I was fucking with you and yeah, telling yeah, him yeah, the yeah, truth, yeah. pretty much. But in, in a way, it, it qualifies as what's called a, a big-lipped alligator moment. That that that's basically like a. Uh, a sequence in a movie that just kind of comes out of nowhere. It usually involves a song. Like, you watch it, and then it just goes away, and it's never brought up again. That's that's a big-lipped alligator moment. And that's pretty much what that is, man. It's like, it's never really referenced again. You're just kind of like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, but then you have to protect Jimmy and go down to the bottom and get him out of there. Yeah, but also another angle you could take is that, I mean, that's very similar humor that you see in a lot of video games. I mean, a lot of video games tend to have that kind of weird humor to it. That's you know? what you have to pretty much... Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe you don't take that with is. a grain of salt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And this all mo- this movie is I will say all the scenes... Yeah, we have a scene here with Akon. Akon is... He just chews scenery, man. I, I actually really like this guy as well. He's Him crazy. and Jimmy are arguably the two best. Uh, He's crazy. Yeah, they're they're the two one two of the best characters in this entire film. I mean, like I said, he chews scenery almost in a Ra- Raul Julia level, man. Like, like in in uh, Street Fighter, you yeah. know, as uh, M. Bison. I mean, it's almost to that level. He does look like Bison. Man. He almost has an M. Bison quality to him, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that might be another little video game. Uh, like uh, reference because you know there are a lot of little hidden references in this yeah, movie yeah easter eggs and stuff yeah, there, there's lots of easter eggs I mean we're not going to get into all of them there is here. some but I mean like for instance I mean there's a certain scene that looks like the ending scene in uh, Under Siege 2 I'm sure people will know what that scene is you know I mean that, that's just off the top of my head but mm-hmm. like all the parkour scenes are really really well done as well I mean, they they were seriously done with masters of the. I like that too. Yeah, they were all done with masters of that particular uh, at, uh, sport. I mean, I guess you could say it's a sport, right? Yeah. It, it's a sport. Yeah, I mean that that shit was really well done with the GoPros and everything. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, this whole thing where you actually see uh, Henry's uh, eye dangling down, and there's like oh, two yeah. different perspectives. That's interesting, right there. That is. I cool. like that. I really do like that. And then there's that one scene where, you know, spoiler alerts once again, they're fighting the uh, rapist cops. Those cops that are trying to rape that girl. Like Henry fucks those guys up, right? Yeah. Like. That's oh, right after. Th- yeah, that's like right after he's like uh, yeah, he looking for his wife, and he encounters uh, Gilly uh, Jimmy yeah. in the Gilly suit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He encounters him. Sniper. Yeah, the sniper Gilly. Yep. Gilly, Gilly guy. Yeah. Gilly. Yeah, that scene was pretty brutal, man. Like I actually like that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good. It's good to see assholes get their comeuppance, you know. That's what I like about all Jimmys. Like, he, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's little chapters of different Jimmys with yeah. Henry. Well, I mean, supposedly... Until you finally figure out who the hell fucking Jimmy is. Well, supposedly is. Jimmy's kind of a whole play on the non-playable characters in, uh, in first-person shooter games, you know? They're usually, like, the ones that are, like, the tutorial for at the beginning of the game, where they're the ones that actually kind of guide you through everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's really what this uh, movie is kind of seen as a commentary on a little bit, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, there's also a little bit of a deconstruction of first-person shooters at play here. You know what I mean? Like, it really kind of plays out, you know, 
some of the tropes, you know, like, for instance, not having a voice box, I mean, a voiceless protagonist, you know, that's explained because he doesn't have a voice box. You want to know I like that? Why? Because it makes me feel like I'm Henry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, him not having a voice, that does give him some dimension, but it also... It gives me the like feeling, I, like, uh, that I... Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, I had the opposite effect. It kind of served to make me feel kind of distant from him, but that that's probably just me, honestly. You know, I mean, I kind of felt distance to him there, but, well, the, al but also... How many video games growing up that a lot of them actually have a voice Yeah, that's, you had to read? That's true. I mean, uh, Bio the Bioshock, I mean, that had uh, some yeah. voice acting with the protagonist. I mean, especially in Bioshock Infinite, that had that. I mean, but yeah, in, in Call of Duty or Battlefield, which is what this yeah. movie is obviously referencing and uh, kind of going off of, I mean, yeah, there's usually... A voiceless protagonist, you know. I mean, ex except maybe in some cut scenes, and also, I mean, there's also like seemingly endless enemies just kind of coming out of nowhere. That's kind of explained a little bit as well in two ways. Like, first, yeah. there's the tracking chip, and that you know, of course, he's going to have a tracking chip, right? Yeah, he's of a course. cyborg. You know, it's like that, that. That goes all the way back to like RoboCop and shit, pretty yeah. much. Exactly. You know, and and then and then another trope, you know, which is brought up is that. You know, Akan is actually uh, viewing all of the events through Henry's eyes. Henry's eyes are cameras broadcasting to Akan. And, I mean, that, that explains that as well. I mean, how they could easily find him and everything. You know, because, yeah, there's several scenes where Akan just kind of shows up. You know, out of nowhere. Like like yeah. in the brothel scene where he's uh, talking to that one watch dude. It, you don't know none of this stuff. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know... But also, you know, I mean, he's a cyber soldier, so he has, has kind of the super strength that a lot of video game characters seem to have, you know, like uh, recovering from uh, serious injuries in less than a few minutes. Yes. You know, that's kind of explained there, you know. No, not so much. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's vaguely explained there. It's kind of given a, something of a plausible explanation there. But all, I, mean, I think also, he's more lucky than anything. Probably. He... But, but, I mean, you have to remember, I mean, Henry's character, he's constantly just pretty much guided through this entire um, sequence of events, either by Akan or Jimmy. You know, it's not till the end that he finally has some choice in the matter, but... Yeah, but he's in fighting both their But wars. yeah, that, that also goes into another trope called the Mission Control NPCs. Oh yeah, this is a great scene right here. We're going to go ahead and just go off on a tangent here, where the Magnificent Seven music comes into play, and uh, he tries to jump on the horse, and the horse knocks him off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, we just wanted to go ahead and point out that scene, because that scene is pretty fucking awesome as well. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy are the mission control NPCs there. Like, he's pretty much like the the tu the, the tutorial guide, pretty much. Yeah, throughout because the entire, he's the entire talking, movie. He's talking through him. He has GPS on him, and he's fighting the other guys. Yeah. And but hey, he doesn't even know. Oh no, no, he's not just at all. looking for his wife. Well, yeah, allegedly looking for his wife. He don't know. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. And, and also there's the different iterations of Jimmy that are interesting, you know? Yeah, like you have right here the Gilly Sniper Jimmy. That's what I'm saying. You know? like he's really cool. so many different And ones. there's also that World War II Jimmy, which is very much like a... He's the best. He, he's pretty much a callback to the like Medal of Honor and Call of Duty kind of. You yeah, know? he's a French like, warrior. 
British. He's very, very posh and very posh and British, oh, chap. You know that that kind of. Sorry, oh, chap. You know, like like how World War Two uh, officers in the British Army were c- kind of seen as. Yeah. You know. And, and of course, you know, I mean, there's his wife Estelle, who is a damsel in distress, but that is uh, subverted in ways that we're not going to get into right now. But, yeah, I mean, this whole deconstruction of the first-person shooter uh, genre, it's, it's, so it's awesome. interesting to me, but, I mean, then again, I don't really play a whole lot of first-person shooters. Like, last Damn. one that I really played was Bioshock Infinite. And Missing out. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's just never really appealed to me that much, you know? Like, maybe I could do Skyrim, but that's more of an RPG. I want a new mm. one. Yeah. Shadowgun Legends. Oh, I've heard I've heard about that one. I've heard some, some good stuff about that. I love it. Yeah. Hopefully they endorse me. Hopefully. I am, like, top 12,000. I was top 6,000, and then I had to drop oh, really? down because I haven't played in, like, two days. Yeah. That's it. That's right, y'all. Frankie is quite a gamer. Isn't that right, Frankie? I try. He tries. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this would be an appropriate movie for you to choose then, you know, being that it has that obvious first-person shooter game quality to it. Oh, for sure. You know? Mainly it's just... And, I mean, for a sci-fi movie, it actually kind of works. I mean... I, I just love how, um, like I said before... The silence, I guess, I feel like I turn into the character the way, the way he looks. And yeah. I, even I mean, his angles, the way he actually looks through his eyes. Yeah, or but through the camera and stuff. But I read things, and I read somewhere that part of the reason why they have that one little glimpse of Henry's face is to kind of break that a little bit and kind of bring it back down to you know in the end this is still a man that's just been put into some really extenuating circumstances and just so happens to have been given the abilities to handle it you know i don't know when you look at his internals he's pretty much like all robotic all robotic i mean if you remember the in, the internal image in the movie i mean it he has some like bone organ left yeah, yeah and some mean, organs he's a, he's a little there yeah i mean he has he has some of it there Pretty much just killing the whole movie, I mean. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> if, if you love this movie, I mean, I do, whoever I do. you are, I, I, I'm it's a good point. So I'm trying. I mean, it's good. Like I said, it's fine to me. Like I mean, I almost needed like a reset on this. I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, but what, well, we're gonna get into the soundtrack of this movie now. This soundtrack had artists such as the Stranglers, Serge Tankian. It had Sublime on it. That was really cool. Nice. It had Temptations. I was playing during, you know, My Girl was playing during the brothel scene, Not which was good. really, really well done, I'll say. Pretty much Like, so. I mean, and also Queen. Queen, of course. That's, that's probably a way better use of Queen than in the Suicide Squad trailer. Dude, <laughs> way better. Good call. Good way, call. way better use than that. You know, I haven't thought of that, yeah. Oh, God. Suicide Squad is going to have to be something we're going to get to eventually. And, wow. oh, my God. I'm not looking forward to that. But, <laughs> yeah, this this soundtrack, I mean, it really fits the movie well. I mean, the interstitial music during the action sequences, it's usually more like straight techno. You know, and a lot of that, I think it was, uh, a lot of that was done by the director. And, actually, I think the composer is his wife. that The, the girl really? that plays Katya. Oh wow! Yeah, that's his wife. Okay. And she actually composed some of that music, I think. Her, her, and her husband. But like you yeah. said, it was really sus- like sequential. 
yeah. to like movements and uh, pretty much everything. Uh, actually, throughout the whole movie, since he doesn't have a voice, music pretty much if or all the songs and stuff kind of like speak for him. Yeah, through yeah, his I movements could, and stuff. I could see how that works. They kind of really collaborate with his movements and the situation that he's going through. If it's yeah. high, low. Like, for instance, in the end battle when Queen is playing when he's fighting all the other cyber soldiers. I mean, I mean that is definitely his elevated state. He's got to be, like, ramped up so hard. Yes, and he, doesn't, he, doesn't he, like, take a hit of adrenaline real quick? Yeah. Somewhere along Double the line? Double legs. Double legs just... Yeah. Right in, right in his fucking legs, and he just goes off? Sure does. Yeah, I mean, the music does really... Help elevate this music, this movie a little bit yeah. in my eyes, you know. And like I said, speak for Henry because he don't have a voice, so that's like kind of what's going through his brain as he's going yeah. through all these situations. And then, like like we said earlier, there was that little uh, Magnificent Seven uh, reference there that was pretty cool with the, with the horse. horse scene. It's yeah. like, yeah, I mean that that's a good little western. Yep. Yeah. I mean that was that, that definitely uh, was way better done than Suicide Squad. Once again. Oh yeah. I once again. I mean, that was a movie that just didn't know how to use its soundtrack at all. So, but this movie knows what its soundtrack is and how to use it. I and, wasn't a fan of the Joker. Oh yeah. I mean, but we'll get to that movie eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah. believe me, ladies and gentlemen, we will take on that movie. We'll cut that out of this. No, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna cut that out of this. That's basically pretty much a uh, promo for a future episode. It's like, yeah, we are definitely going to yeah. do that movie. But I mean, even the use of "Under My Skin" by Sinatra in this little dance uh, sequence. I mean, that's interesting. I guess. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting sure. choice. And, and doesn't Jimmy like? It's doesn't Jimmy make a little joke about his like? I do like mus- musicals, but that does not make me gay or something like that. Like, he even references. That. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, this soundtrack I would actually stream that on like YouTube, like if they For have sure. it up on YouTube, man, I, I would totally jam that. For sure. You know, I mean, it's got a little bit of punk. It's got everything. Some techno, some crooning. Uh, shit, you know. I'm sure somebody's already posted it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a pretty solid soundtrack. Spoiler alert, everybody. We are going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the ending because that is very noteworthy. It's pretty cool. I mean, if y'all don't like the spoilers, we will uh, put uh, them in the show notes. Like, I'll track them down and I'll put them in the show notes. But, like, Akon is killed by Henry in a very unique way like after he uh, levitates all of the uh, bodies of uh, the cyber soldiers around him that allows Henry to get some leverage jump up in the air and grab uh, a con and he takes his eye out wraps his eye stalk around his head and straight up just mid- decapitates him through the middle of his head <laughs> like that was very over the top no no, you don't think that was over the top? Not at all. Really? For this whole movie, if you watch every single kill shot, yeah. every single thing, it's gory. 
That's how it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Oh yeah, I mean, there's some great gore effects in this movie, and that that one really takes the cake because of the dual cameras that are at play there. You know. So have you ever seen that before? No, I can't say I've seen that before. I mean, I've seen some interesting decapitations on screen, some very creative ones. That's why it's amazing. Yeah, that is one of a kind. Very different. And then how he straight up takes the fucking half of head and shows it to Estelle. <laughs> He's walking up to her. Yeah. She's like, no. I mean, uh, well, yeah. And Estelle, who ends up, you know, once again, spoiler alert, she he ends up, uh, she ends up being in on the whole uh, conspiracy with uh, Akan. In fact, uh, Akan is her lover, to tell the truth. Uh, she goes berserk after seeing Akan's head and has a pretty much an emotional breakdown and tries to straight kill him, but she uh, he overtakes her pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty damn strong. Yeah, and Estelle wasn't going to do much of anything to him, she unfortunately. definitely uh, put that arm and cyborg leg on him. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there was some foreshadowing a little bit, you know. Once once you actually found out that there was a tracking device uh, in uh, in his arm, you could figure out that, you know, who else could have put it there, you know. It, it would have been his so-called wife, you know. I'll tell you what, I'm actually really good when I watch movies like Saw and all that. Uh-huh. I was able to pre-predict all, pretty much every single plot. Any, like, a lot of movies... Yeah. And right whenever, I, in the very beginning, the way I saw her emotion and the way she acted to whenever she asked him a certain question, uh-huh. I already knew that that's what the plot behind well, the plot was. Also, if you look in the uh, opening of the movie, if you look at what she's wearing, there's a little bit of a visual cue that kind of connects her to a con a little bit. It kind of She's wearing a similar colors to a con, you know, so they're kind of matching a little bit. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm always good at stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people would probably see that as a detriment to the film. I mean, me personally, yeah, I saw it coming, but I mean, it didn't really affect There's my... so many people oblivious to the yeah, it, it didn't. Though. It didn't affect uh, my experience know. with the movie. So, no. I mean, it's like, oh, whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's like so many mystery films and stuff that uh, somebody can catch and be already plotted out in their head, and then at the other person right next to him be like, "I don't know what's even going on." Yeah, yeah. Know, so, what flaws do you think there might be in this movie that you can see, even as a fan, even as a fan of the movie? Is there anything in this movie that you could point out that could have been done better? Like, uh, I was talking to you earlier about it. I, I give it, like, a 4.3 out of 5. 4.3 out of 5. Right and on. And reason being, somehow, amazingly, they had this fan base budget that they had all these investors, and it, they made it possible. It wouldn't even be possible because of them. Yeah. And that's why they went to Russia, when they were able to do these crazy things you would not even be able to do in the United States. They, you have to have permits. You would have to have all so, so much crazy stuff yeah. to even get one scene shot. And for them in the budget, that they did the same thing. That's why there's it's like cut scenes. It goes from one to one to one to one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they prepped and prepped and prepped and prepped. 
and it made sure even there I'm sure they had to have permits and some for some oh stuff yeah for some of the stuff but I mean I'm, I'm not most I'm not, of the time they didn't I'm not really uh, privy to what type of uh, regulations they have in Russia regarding that yeah they probably any, don't have none probably not probably not and that's why they not. were able to hire these guys for probably near to nothing yeah and because the, they're willing they're like hell you want me to be in a movie I'm gonna be in a movie I can do that hell yeah sign me up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure man. enough and uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, for the budget, everything, the I mean, just look at the choreography. Yeah, yeah. The f- FPS thing that they got going on, it was inter. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I think I see what you're saying. I mean, but to me, like I, I pretty much laid out all the flaws that I felt were in this movie, like pretty much in the intro, you know. But I mean, it drags. It does drag down a little bit. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they could have really uh, remedied that. Or I don't know if maybe I need to go back and just watch the movie again and try to take in a different perspective now that we've talked about it. But yeah. I mean, it just it just became a little boring to me near the end. Just just a little bit, you know. Which I mean, and when you have an action movie like this where there's so much going on on the screen, like that shouldn't happen. Like that that's that's just my attitude about that. You know, my opinion about it. Yeah, I guess yeah. I I guess where you're trying to come from too is it didn't have like cuts or a lot more cuts where there was story based. Yeah, where like, there, there was a little more actually, story. Something yeah. that told you what's actually going on. Well, I mean, I don't need to be told. I mean, in the end, show or, don't tell. Know. Show don't tell is always best. But you I, know, that's but, why I'm thinking. Like, what was it like? Supposedly, in a what happened? In two days, all this is going on, or something like that. Yeah, days. it seems like it. this is like 48 hours in yeah. these people's lives. It's so I haven't really quite. So there's no story to be told, really. Yeah. Who woke up and. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this right here. We like, woke up. That's what I'm saying. It'd be, I woke like, up. I, I'm pretty. We're pretty much watching the scene now, where the movie pretty much eventually kind of tapered off for me. When they're surrounding Henry and Jimmy and everything. I mean, th- this is where it just kind of, you know, falls off a little bit. When he drops it. Yeah. No. This is when the movie just kind of tapers off a little bit, and I'm just like, and eh. there you go. boom. Yeah, that was pretty cool, I guess. But it's like I don't know. That's why I'm, I look at it that perspective, I guess. It's like actually what it took for them to do those shots. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be like a 100% A-budget film or anything, but... Yeah. What it's, it actually made them or took for them to do those shots and for what they had, they killed it. I mean... Yeah. There's I, no way anybody They, they definitely that. executed what they wanted to execute here, and they did it well. I mean, there's no doubt about that, you know. And like I've said in the intro, it's fine. It it becomes a little boring to me after a while, after the initial, after the novelty wears off. But then, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I need to be more of a first-person shooter fan or something like that. Maybe I just needed to play more of those types of games. Yeah, for sure. You know, it could be that. You know, because this is a very gamerific movie, even more so than the movie Gamer. Which we will also take on because god damn that movie Gamer. Is, oh, I can't stand that fucking movie. Oh, jeez. Well, anyway, yeah, that is Hardcore Henry. I mean, what is your official uh, score again? 4-3. 4-3. Four, three. 
4.3 out of 5. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Like I said, it's fine. You know, maybe if I watch it again, maybe my opinion will change a little bit. But, I mean, as of now, like, it's good for what it is, but it gets a little boring and bland, in my opinion. That, that That's just me. Don't take my word for it at all, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on now. Alright, if you like hardcore action, definitely check into it, because this one of those ones... And definitely don't have your little kids around because no, it, no. is, it is gory and uh, I think that's why a lot of people can't handle and it. And there's definitely lots of nudity and boobs and stuff like that. You yeah, know, it, it's par for the course, you know. Yep, it's definitely uh, keep you going because it never yeah. stops. Um, nope. You never know what's going to happen next. But, I mean, I'm not sure what Robert would give this movie. I mean... I would probably imagine maybe a four as well. But, I mean, I'm not going to speculate any further on that, honestly. That's yeah. that's him and, you know. For sure. Whatevs, man. Whatevs. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We do have a special episode coming up here on the next episode. We're going to do our 420 episode. Hell yeah. And we are going to be doing... A great, great, great stoner movie, in my opinion. That's a lot of fun to watch. It stars Method Man and Red Man. We are doing How High. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, I mean, and I can't wait to really discuss why. Because, man, that movie really, it, it's funny. I mean, it's fun to get stoned Revolutionary. To. It's pretty revolutionary when it comes to stoner movies. Yeah, it for is. 420 movies, Yeah, for sure. And we're going to have, like, pretty much everybody in here man we're gonna have you know of course frankie's gonna be here we're gonna have joseph in the house joseph Cantu. like i mean he's been a little absent lately but we're gonna have him back on the show again of course robert's gonna be there and maybe we'll have some other special guests i'm not sure we'll kind of figure that out whenever for sure whenever we get around to it like i mean it's it's gonna be a lot of fun folks i mean like we said we are a 420 friendly podcast so we are definitely going to get all kinds of twisted right Twisted like a motherfucker. Twisted like a motherfucker. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Podbean, WordPress, Tumblr, Stitcher. And you can also find us on YouTube. You can check out our Patreon. It's linked to our Podbean account. And I will say go ahead and give Hardcore Henry a try. Why the hell not? I'm going to definitely say give it a freaking try oh yes yeah. uh, no no go ahead and say it correctly give it all a, right give it a fucking try yeah there you go it is a hardcore movie <laughs> and if you love blood and gore fps games you definitely have to hit it up because yeah, i'm gonna tell you it's definitely the 4-3 that i'm giving it yeah yeah, um, yeah. if you're behind the scenes love the kind of stuff that people can do with low budget money and see the magic that they had created with what they had and you know they were able to make a high budget so hopefully there will be a part two right on hopefully maybe maybe there will be i'll give it another shot you know sometime soon i will well everybody we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up thank you for joining us join us for our 420 episode we look forward to it and collateral cinema is out howdy howdy
Collateral Cinema is an L Comedy production.